Welcome to Consultant Conversations, where PGA career consultants Jason Bowes, Mike Miller, Todd Smith, and Keith Soriano talk about jobs, work, life, and everything in between. All right, welcome back to episode four of Consultant Conversations. I'm here with Todd Smith, Jason Bowes, and Mike Miller, and I'm Keith Soriano. And today we're going to continue our discussion around employment, and we're going to be talking a little bit today about how to attract talent to your organization, to your club, to your facility. Um, and we'll start off here with uh, with Todd Smith. Todd, you know, what are those things that you're seeing out there that are helping facilities attract talent, or um, you know, what barriers are you seeing? Thanks, Keith. Um, you know, it's I, the workplace has changed so much in the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, th there was a time when I think to attract talent, compensation was always the one thing that that everybody looked at first. And I, it, that's, that's not the case in today's work environment. And, and I tell employers that, that a couple things that really stick out for me and then I'll pass the baton on to somebody else. But the two things that really stick out to me are, number one, offer something unique. There, there needs to be something unique and special about a position. And it doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to be monetary, but something that initially attracts talent to the position. And then the... the Second thing that I think is, is so important in attracting talent is the candidates have to feel like that number one, they're going to be mentored and they're going to learn something and they're they're making a move that is going to allow them to advance their careers. And you know, in in our industry, word word gets out on the street as to who is placing, who, what employers are placing these candidates in their next position. So that, that's critical. And, and I, I just think that if, if a candidate feels like that they are going to get educated, going to get a new mentor, going to grow in their, their profession, then that's critical. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, we talked recently about uh, some just job postings, right? Job postings are really simple ways and, and they're viewed as, as marketing opportunities for your club. I think that's important. Um, I saw one uh, that was on our job board. Uh, it was also posted on LinkedIn. I think it was from Monroe Golf Club um, somewhere on the East Coast. And one of the unique things that they put in the job post was they listed, you know, where have the assistants who have come there? Where have they gone? Where are they placed now? Um, and I think that it allows people to help see their future uh, to kind of underscore that to your point that, you know, we mentor people here, we develop people here, we, we move them on, um, uh, you know, from a compensation standpoint. And it's not that compensation isn't important, isn't important. It is. Um, but it's, it's certainly not necessarily the most important thing. Um, uh, I think when we were all together here in Denver, uh, John Easterbrook uh, told us a story about his daughter, right? And she's got a great job, not in the industry. Um, but they offered her either a raise or or more time off, and she took more time off um, as opposed to a raise. And I think that really underscores uh, the lifestyle choices that people make 
uh, when they're when they're taking a look at uh, potential employers. Mike, uh, I see you leaning forward there. What do you got? <laughs> well, thanks, Keith. Uh, th- th- there's so much to unpack here. Um, I'm afraid this episode might either get a little long or we're going to have to split this into two two episodes. Um, I, I go a couple different ways with this. One, and Keith, you and I have done a, a presentation on this, and, and I was reading back through our presentation this morning. And, um, you know, as I talk to, to golf professionals, employers, whoever, you know, the same things keep coming up, right? Like we either need to pay more, we need to give people a little bit better work, life balance. Um, we need to... We need to, uh, you know, find better ways for them to advance, right? So you mentioned that about Monroe Golf Club. Um, and, and one of the points we made in that presentation was what we're really talking about is other industries, right? The tech industry being a, a really prime example um, where people can make a lot of money. They can get, get promoted very quickly. Um, they often have flexible work policies, you know, and then they have all those, those tech work uh, policies with the beer carts rolling around the office and those kinds of things. Um, and, and the truth is, you know, and we, we talked about this in that presentation, um, you know, tech industry workers are no more happy than golf industry workers are, right? Uh, you know, the study of over 11,000 tech industry workers, you know, 57% were burned out, right? So just paying more and giving them time off and giving them a chance to advance, that's still not enough. And so for me, it comes down to, to mission, Right. There are plenty of industries, professions, um, where you sign up for low pay and, um, and a lifetime of low pay, right? Teachers, uh, social workers, you know, my wife's a counselor. She's worked county mental health for 20 years, right? She signed up for a lifetime of low pay and, and not being very appreciated. Um, and I think people sign up for those types of jobs because they really believe in the mission of the employer, and the work they're doing. You you sign up to be a teacher knowing you're never going to make a lot of money, but you believe in educating young people. You sign up to be a social worker because you believe in the mission of becoming a social worker or a counselor like my wife. And I think to me, that's really where the golf industry has struggled is to define our mission. Um, teachers, I think, understand what they want to do. They want to help people play better golf. I think organizations like the First Tee are, are really clear on what their mission is and they attract people. Um, who understand that mission and uh, people I know who work for the first T love it and they don't make a lot of money either. Um, And, you know, so we, when we start to think about, well, what is the mission of a traditional golf operation? It's simply service, right? Um, And that's a tough mission to sell people for long hours and low pay. And um, I think that's where we got to start. I think employers got to, got to start to sell a different mission than we're here to serve our customers. We're here to serve our members. There has to be a better mission than that. You know, I talk about that a lot, Mike, and I think that's a great point. I talk about that a lot with um, uh, people on the municipal side of golf, right? Because, you know, in a, in a perfect world, a perfect day in the golf industry, right? You know, if, you're, if you work at a, you know, a county, city, state-owned golf course, um, you know, 18% of the people in that area care about golf in a really good, on a really good day, right? So if you can, if you, can you know, massage your mission or, 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 you know, reaffirm your mission that how does golf serve, you know, the other 82% of the people in this community? How can golf be a positive influence in, in the community at large? If you want to be a part of that, that's something you can sell um, as far as a mission. That's something, you know, you could buy into. JB, what are you seeing out there? Well, thanks, Keith. And yeah, Mike, that was, that was awesome. It's very true about the mission and, um, you know, one of the things that, and when, when I talk with employers, is is the job postings, and I think we all know the job postings we see are are pretty horrible. 
they don't they don't talk about the mission of the club they don't talk about the culture they don't talk about you know like todd's point where what are we going to learn but i'd like to i'd like to see our employers share a little bit more about their facility about what opportunities there are about what you're going to learn you know and something actually a little bit about the the people that work there too i'd like to hear maybe a little short bio about the the head professional love to hear some employee testimonials and I just don't think there's enough information for people when they read some of our job postings from employers that they don't know what they're going to learn. They don't know much about the club and, and, and this doesn't say enough. So people will really realize, you know what, I want to work for that club. I want to work for that pro. I want to, I, I know where I'm going to be able or what I'm going to learn at that facility. And I really think that that helps them visualize their career and where they're going to go. And they're going to pick the clubs based on some of those things. And, you know, like we talked about, it's not all about just about the money. You know, they want to know what they're going to learn and, and who they're going to work with. And, you know, those things I think are very important. And I, I don't see those very often. It's very, very short. And here's the, this is the club. This is the job. Do you want it? Um, I'd like to have people tell us a little bit more so people can be invested in that club and not just have a job. JB, I think that that ties into, you know, and I don't like doing this, but we'll steal a little from Simon Sinek, right? You know, the goal isn't to do business with people who want to buy what you have to sell. The goal is to do business with people who believe what you believe, right? And to your point, if you, if it's as simple as a bio about, you know, hey, who this golf professional is, where they came from, what this club has done in the community, you know, if, if there's something that someone can buy into and say, you know what, these are like-minded people that I want to be around, maybe the money doesn't matter quite as much as it used to, right? Um, you know, maybe the longevity is there because I'm in a position where um, what I'm doing aligns with what I care about, um, you know, more so than just the golf. Yeah, the golf needs to be good. The course would, you know, ideally would like to be good, um, you know, but the environment in which all that happens has to match with what people care about. Keith, I think it, you know, job descriptions are, are a great place to to start to talk because it it speaks to the idea of meaningful work, right? In the end, that's what people want to do is meaningful work. Um, you know, I, I talked in my presentation about the Mars One mission, right? Um, I don't, I don't, you know, they're, they're looking for people to go to Mars and never come back. Um, so it doesn't matter what they pay it because there's no place to spend any money on Mars anyway. And 200,000 people signed up for it because that's meaningful work to them, right? So if we can get 200,000 people to volunteer to jump on a spaceship, knowing you're going to die on another planet, either on landing or maybe a little bit later, um, we should be able to attract people to the golf industry, right? So it comes down to this idea of, can, can we convey a message that the work you're going to do is very meaningful? And yes, you're going to get paid in the process. You're going to get some other things, but the work you're going to do every day is something that is important to you and something you believe in. And that's, I think, the challenge that we've always been facing in our industry is we used to sell something different. We used to sell, hey, this is a stepping stone. This is paying your dues for something better down the road. And quite honestly, people have lots of options now, right? You can you can get into the gig economy and, and make money a different way. Um, a, a, $30,000 assistance job, you can make that driving an Uber if you're, if you're going to hustle it, right? Like um, we need to find a way to have people do meaningful work and understand that the work they're going to do every day at their job is something that they love and is meaningful to them. Hey, Mike, I, I think that is such an incredibly great point. I'm glad that I'm sitting in on this podcast because I need to hear all this stuff from, from you guys as well. 
you know, when we did the resumes, we talked about the, you know, the billboard statement about yourself. How how do all of you, you three, feel like the best way for a facility to put that billboard statement out about them and what their real culture is and what their mission is, as opposed to the same old thing that we see on the job board every time? Excellent customer service, merchandiser, and all those things. I, I think that would be critical for the employers to hear. I'll jump in on that one. I, I actually pulled two two job descriptions off of Indeed when I did this presentation about a year ago at the Carolinas PGA uh, Super Show. Um, and the first one was for a restaurant. And I'm going to read it to you because it's really good. Um, you know, this restaurant is a growing company seeking energetic, fun, passionate, and talented restaurant managers. No one else in the business thinks quite like we do. Our goal is to be the best job you ever had. Our commitments to you, clarity, belonging, education, development, support, and opportunity. And then we ask you to think it, own it, bring it, share it, work it, and live it. And that's their job description, right? They're not talking about you got to handle the cash and you got to, you know, th this is what to say. There's another one. Uh, this is for a fitness studio. Um, and it says, what does an awesome employee look like? And one of the things is they're enthusiastic about changing people's lives through fitness and community. That speaks to something that's different than just here's the job that you have to do. And as you as you start to write job descriptions and job posts, thinking about what do we what do we stand for, what are we looking for, and what do you get out of working here, I think is the best place to start. Mike, I think it's I, I think you hit on a great point there, uh, particularly the second one with you know we can do that in golf, right? I mean we can we can absolutely do that in golf. You know we can we can say hey we're looking for someone who's enthusiastic about changing other people's lives through the game of golf, right? Teachers feel that way. I mean, we've all been in that situation. We've all volunteered for PGA Hope, right? We've all volunteered, you know, we've all put a, a golf club in a kid's hand for the first time. And, you know, for me, you know, the overarching reason why I wanted to get involved in golf and, and teach golf to kids was because of the relationship that I had with golf with my father. And if I could share that experience with someone else so that they could connect with someone in their family, well, that was good enough for me, right? That's a pretty simple mission. I just want to make people's life better through the game of golf doesn't have to, you don't have to change the world. You can change one person. But if you as a company, as a facility say, we are interested in changing people's lives through the game of golf. And we want you to be part of that. And if you're interested in it, we have a job for you. And when you get there, oh yeah, you know, there are some other things that have to happen in order for us to be able to do these things. And, and these are un understood to be true. Um, but the reason you're here and the reason we exist is to change other people's lives through the game of golf. We, I think all four of us truly believe that golf can make people's lives better. Uh, it sounds kind of silly, but uh, you know, some of my, my, you know, some of my most happy times have been out on a golf course. I've enjoyed time with friend, friends and family on the golf course. If we can shift our focus from a list of duties to a list of impact that we could possibly have, that could be really powerful. And it could be a really good way to, to get people to buy into what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. That's that's great. And and we talk a lot about too when we work with with employees looking for jobs is about it's not always about where you work, it's who you work for. And I think that's a really big part of, you know, when you're trying to attract talent is is to to be able to let people know said, so, you know, this is this is what you're going to learn here. This is how we're going to progress and this is how we are going to help you in your future and grow and and be, you know, more involved in the golf industry and 
you know, it's, it's, it's a lot about how we can help you grow and how we can help mentor you. And um, I think, you know, we've talked about that with networking and mentoring, how important that is in people's lives. And they want to know, you know, what are we going to learn at this facility? How are we going to grow? How's this going to help our future? And I think that's a, a really huge part of these job postings is people know, you know, how this, how this is going to help me advance in my career. Yeah, I want to come back to something you just said there, JB, um, about um, the people who are going to be leading you, right? So the, the hiring person. Um, and, and I'm going to read a couple of quotes from a, a meaningful work study from 2016 that MIT did. Um, first one is quality of leadership received virtually no mention when people describe meaningful moments, but poor management was the top tier of meaninglessness. So one, if you're a good leader, that's a given. Like you, you need to be a good leader. If you're a poor leader, you're going to destroy the meaningful uh, moments of your employees. And then two, and I think most importantly, the feeling of, quote, why am I bothering to do this, unquote, strikes people the instant a meaningless moment arises and it strikes people hard. And I think that's the people we end up talking to as career consultants who call us and say, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Right. I don't, and, and I think it's that, that meaningless moment hit them and it hit them hard. And they're like, I can't do this every day. The, the, you know, I can't imagine doing this for another year, another two years to hopefully get my chance um, at a better paying job where I'm in charge, et cetera. Um, the quality of leadership really, really matters. And for all employers in our industry and others who are struggling to find uh, employees, I would look in the mirror and say, am I really a quality leader or um, am I creating moments of meaninglessness of meaninglessness um, that is making it really difficult for me to, to retain my talent once I get them or even just to attract talent? That's a great point, Mike. And for the four of us, I mean, we are in so many facilities and have so many conversations with, with employers, members, associates. And, you know, you can, you can be with the person five or 10 minutes and you can, you can tell if they really feel like the position is meaningful and they are part of a mission and part of something bigger than standing behind a counter collecting a fee. So, you know, if empowering the, the employees um, and making sure that, that they are part of that mission. But, but like we've said, I think the first part is, the, the employer needs needs to create that mission and that culture and know what it is before he can bring somebody else on, he or she. Yeah, the, the employer certainly is is responsible for, for setting the mission and vision um, of a facility. And look, you know, we can't get around the fact that there are just things that need to be done, right? And there's things that are going to seem meaningless. So I think it's really incumbent upon leaders and managers and, and people who develop talent to be able to explain and be able to identify why things are important. You know, why do we do things this way? Why does this step that seems pointless and meaningless, why is it important in the grand scheme of things? We get, we, we do, a, I say we, I, I think, you know, in general, there, it's, it's done poorly where people focus in on these, these small things and, and maybe managers and leaders focus in on small pieces of what people are doing and never relate it to the larger picture of how this serves our overall mission, right? And that's really important. That's part of the communication. Um, you know, what, 
Why am I doing what I'm doing? Well, let me explain to you why you're doing what you're doing because this piece is integral to this piece, which is integral to the overall experience. And the overall experience speaks to our mission and vision of having a positive impact on other people's lives through the game of golf, right? You have to connect the dots for people because otherwise they quickly fall into that trap that Mike was talking about, about, you know, it's meaningless work. I mean, you look at you know, a company like Nike, right? You know, for better or for worse, Nike got a great mission statement to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world, right? There's a lot of probably meaningless feeling work that ha that um, that happens, you know, between making shoes or you know at the Nike campus, um, you know, maybe maybe it feels meaningless to be the person who's who's cleaning up the offices, right? You know, but if you can connect that kind of work to how that's important in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, now you're able to attract talent because everything, everyone's important in the organization. And you know, then I think Mike, to take it a step further, meaningless means I don't feel important. What I do doesn't matter. And if what I do doesn't matter, then no one's gonna notice if I'm not here. So why be here, right? Yeah, those are those are comments that we hear probably too often from from some of our people that we talk to is that I feel like what I'm doing is, is meaningless. And um, <clears throat> I was reading a, a little article here about recruiting and about attracting talent. And I think um, how people are promoting the jobs to potentially social media and, and getting the, the, the job posting out there a little bit different, more creative ways than just your traditional job posting too. And some of the things that you, you, um, you talked about Mike with the, some of the, just the simple little points about the job and it's not, you know, it doesn't have to have all the details, but how you get it, how you promote it. You know, when we talk about people, I can't get people to come to my facility or work for me because they're not really going out and trying to, to get talent, you know, going to the career fairs and job fairs and how we want to um, you know, talk about your facility and, you know, people aren't just going to come work for you. You have to go out there and try to attract that talent and, and promote yourself and promote the facility too, I think is huge. Yeah, I think once you once you build out your mission and vision, and it's something that people can buy into. Once you talk about how the people there, um, you know, what they believe and what the facility believes, and then you can start attracting people to that. You know, obviously, I think those you're right. Then the next step is you got to find a creative way and the, and the proper way to tell people about it. Right? You know, meet them, meet your consumers. Because if you, if you look at you know recruiting um, and attracting talent as as a business, right? Meet your consumers where they are. Find out where they're. Where, where they are, you know, Instagram, Twitter, you know, social media is a great way for you to share your employees experiences or the impact that your organization has, uh, both visually and, and through text, you can share those things there. Um, you can get people to buy in, you can get people to, I mean, wouldn't it be great to hire someone who's followed you um, on social media because they believe in what you do. And now they believe in it so much, they want to be a part of what you do. And, and then it becomes probably easier to explain why some of that minutia that they have to go through and do on a daily basis is important to the large scale. Of what uh, what we accomplish as as a group overall, um, I, I think all those it's all tied together, right? And, and it's a lot of a lot like what we talked about from you know from a resume standpoint, right? You know, if you're an employer, would you buy you, right? Based on what you're putting out there, are you something you would want to be a part of? So, um, gentlemen, anyone any last thoughts before before we wrap it up? I'll just kind of go around the horn, Todd. Keith, I really like what you just said. Um, we all know Disney probably doesn't have much trouble attracting talent because everybody knows that's happiness. I think about a Top Golf and we, all the pictures of Top Golf. People are happy and having fun. So it is. This is a 
a good time to mention the social media and what what you were what image you were putting out there to the general public because that is going to have an impact on how you're able to attract talent. Good point. Yeah. You, and talking about that, Todd, too, is like when you when you try to attract members to your club, what are you promoting? You're promoting the atmosphere, the the camaraderie, the you know the, the the fun at the club, and I think that's probably a very similar way that you should promote trying to attract talent. You know, this is the job that you're going to enjoy. You're going to have a great time at. You're going to learn and you're going to work, but it's going to be a fun atmosphere. That, that it's going to be. You want to come to work every day. You know, people get up and I, I want to go to work, and I think that's a that's a big selling point for for employers. Yeah, and and then I guess I'll kind of segue us into what we're going to do next, right? It, it's it's not enough to attract them. You, you got to keep them when you get them, and that's a whole nother you know set of rules and and things we can talk about next time. Um, so we'll get into that next time. But I appreciate you know all of your thoughts today on uh, on how to attract talent. All right, gentlemen, thank you for your time today. Uh, thank you, for, thank you all for listening. Uh, join us next time, as Mike said, as we as we get into uh, now that you got them, how do you keep them? So we'll be talking about retaining talent uh, next time on Consultant Conversations.